Dude, when you follow somebody, you gotta follow them for the rest of your life. Fuck no. Yeah. Come at me. It's the Puffless Podcast! Puffless Podcast! Puffless Podcast! Hey, welcome to the Pub Fresh Podcast, episode number 16. My name is Dan. And my name is J-Webb. We are the hosts of the Pub Fresh Podcast. Now, in this episode, there's an interview that I did with Trenton of Hands Like Houses. So, if you want to listen to that, skip over all this bullshit, me and J-Webb talking. Mm-hmm. Look in the description of this video. I put the start time there. A lot of podcasters don't do that. They're like... I need you to listen to the intro because the intro is usually filled with ad reads, mm-hmm. but I don't got ad reads. Nobody wants to pay me money to, to promote anything yet. No, Never. but today is Labor Day. True. And, you know, so we're doing the podcast today. We figured it's Labor Day. We might as well work, do some podcasting. Do some podcasting after our real jobs. Yeah, I just worked like an eight, nine hour shift or something. I lose track of time. I did eight. And now I'm doing this, so. Exciting lives. Yeah. Yeah, clearly. Uh, let's get into this week in music, though. J-Web, mm-hmm. did you have a good week in music? I I believe I did. I saw Neon Trees. So did I. We were at the same Neon Trees show. We were. Didn't see each other, though. Nope, bummed me out. Nope, really bummed me out. I saw you through, well, you saw me through a... Through a glass window. Pizza shop window. <clears throat> that I did. I didn't see you, though. I waved. No, we saw Neon Trees on uh, Saturday. Yeah, Saturday. It was good. Amazing. I was uh, so impressed by them. I know that's not, that's not really pup fresh like demographic, but Neon Tree is one of the better live bands that I've ever seen. I'll go and say it. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Ty- yeah. Their, their front, front man Tyler is untouchable. Yeah. You want to talk about sass? Dang. Right. That guy, like, I think that I need to take a step down and remove sassy music news from the site because that dude... He is sassy music. Yeah, so... He can literally just stand there with his arms crossed, stare at the crowd, and you're like, what the fuck? Like, what? dude, come on. You can just feel it. Yeah, like, uh, chill. But no, it was a really good time. And uh, this week, we also... Well, this week in music, we got a new Panic! The Disco song. We did. Did you like it? My, I really did enjoy it. His his voice has never sounded as good as it did on that song. I agree. And I think that he ran with the whole Frank Sinatra, Beyonce, like, had a kid type of mindset. Right. And I think that he was like, he wanted to do that going in, but it didn't really manifest on its own. It was sort of forced. Uh, I still think it's a good song, but is it my favorite Panic song? No, not really. I think it is his best song vocally, mm-hmm. except for like the calendar. God, they're so good. He sings so well on that. And it's just not, eh, I don't know. I'm not going to go back and listen to it like I'm going to go back and listen to the new State Champs song. True. Yeah, that new State Champs. They've been killing it. Every single song they put out is just amazing. I don't think that I've seen such consistency from a band with like releasing songs before an album as State Champs. There's always like a song that you're like, eh. Right. All these State Champs songs are kind of killing like- it. Motion City Soundtrack's been putting out a bunch of songs. Yeah. And I've just been like, oh, mm-hmm. wait for the whole album. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to talk shit about Motion City Soundtrack. They're one of my favorites ever, but eh. They're not really hitting me. I got to listen to the whole album. But right. yeah, I'm still excited about it. Yeah. Um, I'm ready for that to come out. For sure. I got to bring this up. What? Okay, J Webb. You know what? No. J Webb, you started some shit. <laughs> oh, God, everybody. J Webb. J Webb is at it. I opened up a shitstorm. Oh, goodness gracious. J Webb, what did you do? All right, so it all started yesterday morning. Is that when it was? Was it yesterday? Yeah, it was yesterday. Oh, man. Kevin Lyman sent out a tweet pretty much just stating, hey, 
ladies, you need to step up and vote because. Wait, is that your Kevin Lyman? Hey, no. hey, ladies. Hey. I don't know hey. how he speaks. I'm I've, Kevin Lyman. I've never heard him speak. I've seen him tweet, and that's dear God enough. But <laughs> he just said, like the the males are supporting Trump, so ladies, you need to get out and vote, so Trump doesn't become our president. And most people would have just like read it as, oh, Trump's an ass. Like let's like make yeah, sure, like, yo, make sure they, they vote. Yeah, like yo, this is a political tweet. Like yeah, whatever. I quote tweeted said tweet and said typical Lyman telling women what to do rather than trying to change the male's perspective. Right. And that's the way that you took it. Yeah. From him. Of course. Well, well like that's the way I would take it from him because he's had such a past with problematic things like this. Right. And he hasn't really done anything to change it from what I've seen. Right. Um, he went off. Yeah, he did. He called me a troll. <laughs> told he just came at me and was like j webb is that even your real name like where are you hiding like i'll let you change the world what like, are you hiding j webb i am hiding like seven letters from my name <laughs> and maybe the fact that i eat donuts alone but i can't you ate donuts with me once i did yeah so I you're eat, sometimes really i eat donuts with people yeah However, the things that I am hiding are not as bad as the things that are public about half of his fucking warp tour lineup. So, like, I'm getting real fired up about this just talking about it again because it made me so angry. Well, okay, j do you think that your tweet was, like, appropriate in that situation? Or do you think that you kind of may have stretched what he was saying a little bit? I Yeah, it was a little... Well, it was totally, probably... Most people would say it's uncalled for. Yeah. But... From my perspective and the things we've been trying to do with the scene and everything, mm-hmm. he needs... I wanted to point out how he's wording it. Yeah. And how that needs to be changed. Because that stuff's like a deep-rooted thing. Exactly. Me being a male and Kevin Lyman being, being a male as well. I too am male. Dan also a male. We need to take responsibility as the the majority group and... Well, like... I agree because we got to like change the perceptions of people within our group. That's just as important in the feminist movement as women standing up for themselves. Because since this, the, the system in the society is so oppressed and it's so conditioned to think in a certain way because it's been male dominated for so long, mm-hmm. who's going to be able to change that? Only it, it's going to yeah. be women, but men have to step up too. Exactly. And, and that's the truth. And the, the big point that I tried to nail home with everything was we need to change the way that we are doing things and telling telling them that they should vote mm-hmm. women should vote so trump doesn't get in office is like well, a backdoor way of saying men are fucked i give up help us right like why don't you focus on men changing and developing and growing and learning why just say women you need to do this although it is giving credit to women because i think that what he may have been trying to get at is like Yo, dude, men, we've lost our mind. Women, you guys are smart. You're cool. You get it. Maybe it was like a compliment to women, but at the same time, I could see how you saw it that way. I think it could go both ways. It's tough. Right. If he would have came back at me and said what he actually meant yeah. instead of being an, an ass yeah. and a, a troll hunter. Well, okay, J-Web. I'm, I'm the biggest asshole on the internet ever. You're kind of an asshole on the internet. I'm a huge asshole but, on the internet. So it's okay for him to give it back. If he wants to give of it back, course. that's course. But the fact that he went on like a cyberbullying rant after the fact yeah. kind of struck a nerve with me because it was like he said cyberbullying is a huge problem that's my kevin lemon okay. it's like cyberbullying is a huge problem blah 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 
And while that's like a valid point and everything like that, why are you putting J-Web on blast and kind of like throwing like accusations his way? What are you hiding doing this? Like, isn't that a form of cyberbullying to take like your clearly larger following and put somebody on display for attack after you make a tweet? Like that is a form of cyberbullying no matter how you cut it. So I don't think like, he doesn't really have a place to kind of call out a cyberbully, especially if he's going to turn around like that. Like, his reaction to you was so childish, you know? Right. Like, And I'm... Like, I'm not one to talk, but damn! Like, that was... Jay, what are you hiding? What's your real name? Um, and but, then you send him... Then you send him, like, a well-thought-out response. Yeah. And you didn't get anything in return to it. It was like, email me at kevinlyman at gmail.com. No, it's you... at aol.com. Oh, whatever. Didn't you say he had a Weebly account or something? <laughs> <laughs> Yahoo Hooligans. Yahoo Hooligans. <laughs> Kevin Lyman at Yahoo Hooligans. How the hell do you run a multi-million dollar tour or multiple tours and not have your own email? You go through AOL. Well, because he likes the interface. <sighs> Inter- interface might be good, J-Web. Come on. Come on now. J-Web's okay. clearly fired up. What bothered me, too, is you had a couple of responses in there that were like, because you told Kevin, yo, if I had your platform, trust me, I would be doing a hell of a lot more than you are. And people were like, well, what are you doing with your platform? And he kind of was like, that pissed me the fuck off. Because do they not listen to this podcast? No, they don't. Because Probably we don't not. we don't get many listeners. But like, if you want to try and find out what I'm doing, instead of just saying, what are you doing? How right. about you fucking look? Right. Just go back and see what I've been doing. Right. Because we are speaking on these issues and they're very important issues. And, you know, for people to accuse J-Web of not doing anything with his platform, Kevin Lemon's like doing nothing. Like, yeah, and they're like, well, you don't know anything about who he surrounds himself with, blah, blah, What blah. goes on behind it's the like, scenes? Yeah. I don't give a, a fuck. Right, because that's Because not, behind the scenes does not mean shit to the bigger issue at hand here. No, it doesn't mean anything to, like, the people coming out to the festival, the way that they're conditioned to think, anything like that. So, I don't know. I, I kind of see, I do see where he's coming from a little bit with it. Maybe Jaywa, maybe pick your battles a little bit more wisely. Whatever. You still had a point, though. You right. do, and I and I stand by that. I think that you definitely had a point. I just, I think that that's a tricky one to get people to, to see your side of, of things. Which is why we're talking about it now. Right. I did. There were like multiple multiple people who came to my defense. They're like, Kevin Lyman should never talk. This is a joke. Yeah. Like, Thank you for saying something. And I was like, oh well, that's cool because I've just had ignorant people being like, don't let the haters throw yeah. you down, Lyman. Enjoy your Labor Day. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody does that. We're enjoying our Labor Day. Yeah. Chilling with each other. (laughs) Fucking. Yeah. I think that with Kevin Lyman, I think the bigger issue here is something that we kind of hit on um, in the interview that's forthcoming. Um, Like the YouTubers on Warp things still kind of still kind of a hot button issue because those dudes are like going over to Warp UK too. Like it's speculated that they're going to be on Warp Tour UK. I'm not confirming anything. I'm not denying anything, but right. yeah, it's just, ugh, I don't know. That whole thing is a mess. I found out that uh, Brian Stars actually listened to our last podcast, a oh. snippet of it. He a said, snippet, yeah, yeah. He, he said we're relevant. It's a busy dude. That's a bummer, man. Right. I know he's so busy. He has like no time to tweet. He has like six other people doing it for him. And he's so busy that he can't like keep up with like social issues or can't keep up with like problematic band dudes. And he, tells all of his tweeters not to not to tweet about that or talk about that either right so when you're silent about these social issues you're part of the problem well yeah but okay i'm kind of iffy with that you're not going to talk about like like a front porch step you're not going to talk about that you're not gonna you know 
forward the conversation, that's fine. You're not obligated to have like a, like a stance on things. You're really not. I just think that I would have a little bit more respect for him if he did, because he has so many followers, well-deserved followers, because he earned all of them by himself and he worked his ass off for him. And that's a fact. But I wish that he kind of took that and didn't take it for granted because there are so many things that he could just he could so easily influence people for the better. Of course, not just self-serve. That's what I think that he does. Is he makes everything about himself. I wish that he would do do a 15 second video just saying, hey, respect each other. Uh, this is appropriate. This isn't appropriate. Um, women, we need to, you know, value you more. Things like that. Mm-hmm. I just wish even 10 seconds out of his day to just acknowledge that there are issues. But he doesn't. I mean, that I, I think that's my bigger issue with him. And we talked about that in the last week's podcast. And I'm not going to sit here and I'm not going to bash Brian because just watch his videos. And I mean, decide for yourself what you think of him. And again, he, he got his following on his own. That's great. I just wish that he kind of did more for the scene in, in regards to... Um, just you know something beneficial right and you know he wants to grow he wants to have people run his twitter account just post pictures of band dudes that's fine but not credit the makers of those either yeah whatever whatever like just to say that we're irrelevant you know what maybe we are maybe puff rush isn't that big we're certainly not as big as brian hell i doubt that we'll ever be as big as brian but at least i'm fucking going out there and i'm trying to to move others and make people i don't know think at least i sound so fucking high and mighty right now Ugh. but it's true it's true because i'm at least making an attempt and he's, he's not, not many other people can say that no so so you are thanks for listening to this one too brian so um i think that that's gonna be enough i mean well is there anything else you want to talk about Webb? I think I'm good. Yeah. I'm all talked out. Yeah. That was a lot. It was a lot in a short amount of time, it seemed like, too. Yeah. Uh, it's weird to have an interview and have to, like, constrain ourselves within, like, a short amount of time because we don't want to make these things too long. But we have our interview with Trenton of Hands Like Houses coming up, uh, one that I'm excited about. I like how it turned out because he is another person who kind of uh, spoke about, like, these issues that we're talking about. And it's it's really quality interview. Um, I think that it's important to listen to what he has to say because I think that his perspective is right. But he'll go out and tell you to go out there and think for yourself. But I think that the foundation of you thinking to yourself should start at his words. Yeah. <laughs> because, dude, that guy is so smart and everything. Um, and it's cool because we actually emailed to interview him and we kind of got ignored. And then he went out and tweeted us and was like, yo, no, there's been some confusion. I want to be interviewed. What's up? And right. that makes me so excited when bands listen to this and want to be involved with this. Because it's just conversations. And I think they're meaningful conversations. And yeah, we're pup fresh, but that doesn't mean that we're just sassy music news. That doesn't mean that we're obnoxious. It doesn't mean we're this. We have this side to us, too. And this is, I think, more reflective of who I am than anything. And if he wants to be a part of that, that's great. Thank you for again for doing the interview, Trenton, uh, if you're listening back to this. Um, to the everybody listening here you go i hope you like it all right so i am on skype right now with trenton from hands like houses how you doing i'm good man i'm actually excited to talk to you because recently you came out with a blog post that's kind of had everybody just going back and forth uh Mm. between the point that you made and and kind of interpreting your words or just 
posting your words in, in certain ways and everything like that. Not that people are, are necessarily going against you, but I just kind of want to like open up the floor for like more conversation that you may not have been able to elaborate on sure, in the blog post. Um, yeah, well, you know, um, I'm obviously stoked that, you know, people have actually been able to intelligently discuss it for the most part. And even the majority of people that have disagreed with me have said, well, I disagree, but I kind of see where he's coming from. So it's, you know, I'm glad that I was able to write it in a way that people, you know, took away the message of what I was saying. Not that, you know, I necessarily want any sort of outcome, but, you know, to share my opinion that isn't unique to me. I, I know that, the you know, a lot of what I said does reflect um, a bunch of opinions of people on the tour, you know, in various formats. So, you know, had a lot of great discussions over Warped um, about it because, I mean, you know, obviously there's, you know, an element of professional jealousy, I suppose, because, you know, you see those big lines when we're busting our ass trying to make an art that, you know, I guess make an art form into a, you know, a livable commodity that we can actually support ourselves on. So to see, I guess, you know, such such relatively young people with um, with that haven't necessarily had quite the same um, background up to where they are, um, you know, obviously I think everyone's a little bit maybe put off <laughs> by how right. successful they were doing. Cause I had a conversation with someone about the comedy stage is like, well, do you see the comedy stage as being a different discussion? Bec but I guess the point, the thing, because the comedy stage wasn't so successful, I guess there's less uh, feeling around it. Well, the fact that you're able to like acknowledge that the feeling is based off of perhaps jealousy or, or whatever may trigger you to do it just shows your awareness, I think. And, and kind of like dissecting the situation and looking at yeah. it from all perspectives which your opinion, because of that, should be more valued, in my opinion. Um, what actually got you to the point where you're like, hey, this, this kind of got on my nerves. I finally want to say something about it. Because Warper's been over now for a little bit of time, and you came out with the blog. Um, was there like a single event that made you do it? Or did, did it just take you time to gather your thoughts and formulate like your blog post? Sure. Um, I think the, the thing that kind of, I guess, you know, put the, put the thought in my mind was when... Um, you know, I referenced it in the post itself. Coops, um, you know, made a somewhat inflammatory Instagram post, which you know was you know relatively inane as it was. But just the um, the the response that he got to that really kind of upset me because you know these are the same people that are supposed to be you know they're holding up the present and the future of our music scene, and so to see that sort of I guess venomous response from those people really kind of rolled me up and I, I did want to say something about it at the time but I bit my tongue because you know I didn't want to say something out of out of sorts but when, when I was asked a question via Ask FM um, you know a couple of weeks after the tour I thought well you know here's a chance to I guess compile my thoughts and approach it respectfully and practically I suppose um, to be able to you know put it out there so it was definitely you know like I said, reflective of a lot of conversations on Warp Tour that I had with a number of people in different roles. And um, because, you know, I, I like to believe the best in people. I genuinely believe that as, you know, as humans, we're capable of so much for better or for worse. Um, so I kind of try and remember that everyone has their own perspective. Everyone, everyone's, you know, stuck inside their own head and has their own reasons for, ex for exploring or approaching situations the way that they do so you know i did try and give it some measured thought and conversations with a bunch of different people and yeah it kind of just gave me time to kind of sit on it you know i rewrote that draft poster a number of times there was paragraphs i took out and then put back in a few times and it took a few days to kind of really settle my thoughts on it because you know i wanted to be respectful um in that uh, i guess in that sense like i think a big uh distinction i'd love to make is that i feel like the youtubers like I'm actually genuinely stoked that young people have been able to utilize a new media to create new career paths for themselves, which, you know, is an incredible thing in the current climate where so many people 
are struggling to find jobs or hold jobs or anything, at least do anything meaningful with their life. So to have, it's awesome to see young people actually creating an opportunity. And so I have absolutely nothing against, you know, the YouTubers themselves or their, you know, the fact that they are successful. I think that's freaking awesome. But I guess, it, you know, it came down to, I guess, the, you know, the, the discussion of their place in a music festival more so than necessarily their you know, whether or not they're deserving of their success, which I think they absolutely are. Just, I think it's just a different format and a different media that, you know, maybe the, maybe the, comp, the I guess the crossover is where it needs to be, I guess, discussed more than anything. I think it's a weird uh, sort of dynamic because, well, I'm willing to kind of acknowledge that their success is deserved because it's great to see an individual build something on their own. Yeah. I think that what they build for themselves and you kind of hinted at it in your blog post, like the the quality of the content that they're creating isn't necessarily something that I agree with. Yeah. And, and, and likewise. Right. But I and, think there's, you know, I mean, you can what it's funny for us coming over here and just having access to so many TV channels, for example. But I mean, half the comedy shows on the comedy channels are completely inane as well. So it's not, you know, and they're you know, still making money, they're still supported, they're still making things. So, you know, in the same respect, like there's always going to be relatively inane content. So I don't hold them exceptionally responsible for that. I just don't get it. <laughs> right, right, right. That, and, and that's kind of where I'm at too, because if you yeah. see like a, a video of a YouTuber who's supposed to be somewhere in like the music like sphere and they're just coming out with videos that's more centralized around themselves or whatever, it, it's kind of odd. Um, yeah. But then you look at Warp Tour in the past and they've had skateboarding which was a major part of it and then mm. you kind of attribute that to like the crossover that skating had with punk and Scott at the time um yeah. you had i mean wrestling rings in the past which <laughs> i hey i'm a huge wrestling fan but i don't know if that necessarily has a place on war yeah. tour there is there is like a music and wrestling connection that was huge in the 80s and even now <laughs> it's, it seems like it's kind of being uh kind of forced back in there but to have like a youtuber tent with with if, if you're going to say you're about music, but then not do anything about music, it's almost just like hiring a bunch of D-list celebrities to show up to Warp Tour and do autograph signings, which I don't know if that necessarily has a place. That's my yeah, opinion. Yeah, and, and, and I agree. I think that's kind of, you know, where people are there, you know, paid to be there for the express purpose of being met as a celebrity. I mean, at the end of the day, if this is making people buy tickets and they're being paid to do it, it's kind of, it, it elevates the celebrity status, which, you know, for me... I'm old school, I, you know, I believe in the original punk ethos of Warp Tour, even even though it has evolved a long way in the last 20 years. But, um, yeah, I think really coming back to that idea that, um, you know, I don't believe that anyone should be paid for meet and greets, mm -hmm. full stop. And, you know, each, each to their own, and that's obviously a different conversation. But for me, that that I think is the definition, like, sorry, the, the distinction between, you know, if someone that's performing on the tour and just purely there to, you know, satisfy this, demand for meet and greets with a celebrity when I don't think that's the culture I would like to see promoted within a music world. But I mean, I guess there's all, the whole discussion as well of like, you know, I in no way wanted to use the blog as like a, Hey Kevin, this is how it has to be. I, you know, I respect Kevin's decision-making process. Obviously he doesn't always make the right decisions, but, and I mean, whether those decisions are right or wrong is, you know, obviously up to each individual person, but you know, I respect his decision-making process and the, you know, the ethic, I guess the ethical side of why he approaches what he does and does what he does. So I'm not in any way petitioning Kevin to take them off the tour. I think that's completely his call. But at, you know, at least the discussion point was there. Yeah. Yeah, and you you even had um, Patty from As It Is come out and yeah. agree with what you said, which is 
Um, great that, you know, you're obviously not the only one that has this opinion. And this is this something that you've discussed, like, in depth with other artists on the tour? And for whatever reason, they just don't want to vocalize it for... <laughs> What I mean, what reasons would you see that they don't want to? They just don't want to stir the pot or whatever. Um, I think that obviously there were a number of very opinionated people, some which are good friends of mine, um, who have made comments. Probably you know, via social media, Twitter being a short format, it's obviously hard to summarize thoughts. But you know, there's been plenty of discussion. I think, but I think mine was probably the first real, you know, I guess lengthy discussion of it. Um, and I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know why other people kind of haven't spoken out. Maybe, you know, maybe some people just did vent their immediate frustration on Twitter, and I did see a, a bit of that. But like I said, I spoke to a few different people, some of whom were YouTubers, like, you know, and, and I don't want to use the term YouTuber too broadly because I'm specifically talking about the group that are that were participating in the Warped under the YouTuber tent mm-hmm. um, and doing that each day. You know, there are a couple of very notable exceptions that I have actually shouted out on Twitter as part of the, I guess, post-blog discussion. So, I mean, one person I did speak to over the tour just in general was uh, Tori Kravitz, who runs a YouTube channel um, that's gotten a bit of traction. And that actually ended up getting her the position of Warp Tour, um, the pit blog reporter. So she actually was, you know, working really hard every day, taking photos of bands, videoing sets, um, you know, interviewing people, and just documenting the tour, which was a great way to kind of, I guess, convert a success into, I guess, more of a journalistic approach mm-hmm. um, to benefit the tour. And likewise, um, Jared Alonge was working for um, Fearless. Well, he was working for Fearless Records, yeah. And he, um, yeah, likewise, documenting their bands and kind of took his, I guess, success as a YouTube personality once again to, you know, create another role for himself. So, you know, I think there's definitely room for that sort of thing on the tour, and it's great to see people like that. So, like I said, I don't want to make a blanket statement about YouTubers in general because, I mean, it's such a versatile media that there are so many different ways to utilize and it's something that we're trying to, you know, set up ways to better utilize as a band ourselves. So, it's not to take away from the medium or the format. I think it's just that when I'm speaking about the YouTubers, I am speaking about the group that, um, you know, appeared day-to-day doing meet and greets at the YouTuber tent. So, Right. And, and for the record, uh, Tori, who also does Rock Forever Magazine, which is her that's publication, one, yeah. I'm a huge fan of hers and Rock Forever Magazine. So, that's just... You know, just throwing that out there because I agree with you completely. And Jared Alonji too, um, taking his humor and just involving bands in it is just, you know, at least keeping it in the realm of music. And he's doing a great yeah. job. They're both doing a great job. So when you uh, did the blog post, you also hinted at this sort of mentality of uh, you saved my life to yep. from the fans to the bands. And that seemed like when it tied into that blog post, um, I didn't necessarily understand like where it came in or if it was just a tangent or whatever, because I think that too is an important conversation. Yeah. If not a more important conversation than just uh, YouTubers kind of not having their place on warp tour. Yeah. Um, of course. Did you want to maybe like elaborate on the points that you made in there? Because it was just kind of a, a brief thing that I think, I don't know, maybe just again, opening up the floor for more discussion about that, because that's, that's something that while it's addressed sometimes, I don't think that it's mm. talked about enough. Um, I think it's a celebrity culture thing, um, and that's kind of where it tied in. Is I felt like, so we have this tendency to idolize people and put them on a pedestal, and not necessarily doing that in a responsible way. You know that you see, you know you see band guys taking advantage of underage girls, or you see, you know, I mean, one of the one of the YouTubers was dumped from the tour this year after, I mean, apparently relatively inane allegations, but you know, still serious in this, in the context of, you know, people were taken advantage of because of a sense of celebrity. So I think that, you know, putting people on a pedestal, whether it's musicians, whether it's, 
you know, celebrities, whether it's athletes or movie stars or whatever, you know, putting people on a pedestal and attaching, I guess, some sort of moral responsibility on them, I suppose is the best way to put it. Mm. By the amount of a moral, you know, moral responsibility we put on these people that we idolize, it kind of put, turns them into people they're not. And I think that creates a, a lot of danger for the young people that are so vulnerable and putting so much expectation into these idols and role models. Because, you know, the vast majority of people within music are not necessarily role models. They're just regular people making music. I mean, the most fucked up people generally make the best musicians, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's um, and especially the way that we kind of almost selectively absorb what we want from those people. Like, for example, you know, you can have, you know, violent and reckless and misogynistic lyrics. And, but if you get up on stage and say that, you know, things get better, suddenly you're a saint and people ignore what doesn't fit their perception based on the fact that they've idolized this person, if that makes sense. It does. So by idolizing people, it gives people too much room to ignore or devalue what they don't, what, like what doesn't contribute to this, you know, idealized version of the person that they're looking up to or idolizing. Right. So it's, it's a lot of responsibility. And I mean, some people can handle it. Some people can't. And that's not to, you know, say that we need to make blanket, rulings or changes because of a select few but you know it's a discussion point that i think we have let you know a celebrity culture sink into punk music that was very egalitarian from the outset that everyone was equal everyone was in a room having a having fun playing a show and i mean that's the ethos that warp tour was built on even though it's evolved which you know i've already said but yeah i think that's where it all comes back to is that you know i i do believe very firmly that everyone is equal everyone no, no one's the same, but everyone's equal, um, which is something I've written into, into lyrics previously as well. But it, you know what I mean? Like it, each of us has our own faults and we just kind of create these superheroes out of regular people. And it kind of puts a lot of responsibility on their shoulders, you know? Right. Do you kind of feel like having that mindset um, where you don't necessarily want to be put up on a pedestal? Well, I agree that that's a great um, mindset to have. And I think mm. that you're spot on with every point that you're making thus far. Is it hard to be in a band, though, where you're trying to get out there, trying to promote yourself? And, you know, you're, you are the, the vocalist of the band, um, the, the front man for all intents and purposes. Mm-hmm. Um, is it hard to just kind of take a step back and say, hey, like, don't pay attention to me. Pay attention to the music. Um, what, what's kind of like the, the dynamic there? Are you, are you fighting with yourself where you're like, hey, I don't want to put myself out there too much, but I got to put myself out there a little bit? Is there kind of like any inner conflict role with you in that sense? Um, it's definitely something that, uh, you know, I guess struggle with from time to time because, you know, being the vocalist, you are the first person that people connect with in terms of, you know, lyrics are the most direct, relatable aspect of, a, of music. But, you know, um, I've always strived to be the singer of Hands Like Houses as opposed to Trent and Woodley, this, you know, this God figure. And uh, I'm stoked to see that that's actually translated, you know, Mm -hmm. so that, you know, people know who I am. People who know who I am know who I am. Like fame is, I guess, uh, you know, an inevitable byproduct of doing something successfully. So, you know, it's, it's, it's unavoidable. But I think for me, it's just been, it's, I guess, reinforced my desire to be, a part of hands like houses. Like I don't want to be a celebrity on my own because, you know, celebrities overrated, you know, you get a lot of people dumping responsibility on you. You get a lot of people talking about you negatively and, you know, it, it does create a lot of, I guess, questions in your mind as, you know, what, what's my responsibility here? 
do I have an obligation to go out and meet people or can I just, you know, go about my day and happily chat to anyone I bump into along the way? And that's the way I do try and approach it because I don't want to be this larger than life single figure mm-hmm. where the, you know, the band almost disappears into the background, you know? Right. Right. What was, um, when you were coming up in, in the music, did you have people that like artists that you put on a pedestal at all, uh, when you were younger? Uh, and is that kind of like, did you learn from that at all if you did or, um, I, I certainly didn't have the same reverence for the, you know, the musicians that I loved and looked up to in a personal sense that I think social media has opened up. Cause you know, I, I, you know, I, I guess I came up into music around the start of MySpace where that started blowing out and MySpace initially was actually a really cool balanced tool for people to reach out there and you know you had Dashboard Confessional, My Chemical Romance and bands like that that were very much part of you know MySpace creating the social media phenomenon within music um, but it, you know it wasn't about Gerard Way, it wasn't about Chris Caraba, it was about the bands and I think that's where it kind of started out so I, I guess by growing up through that I didn't have the same personal reverence for the front men or particular members of those bands. Um, maybe that was just me and my friends. I have no idea. I wasn't as connected to the wider music world at that stage. But I guess one example, which is kind of a cool story, actually, I guess that kind of not, not really galvanized me, but kind of maybe put uh, the, you know, the, the seeds of my attitude towards musicians at the time was that I went to Soundwave, I think it was 2008, I think it was, um, and Chiodos were playing there and I went to a meet and greet um I met Craig and I was probably an awkward teenager so I'm you know no, nothing on Craig but I just came away from it like I got it I wore my favorite shirt shirt to the show I got it signed but just something about the interaction just I mean you know Craig obviously wasn't in a good place at the time but something about the interaction just kind of put me off and I was like well I love this guy's music and I still love this guy's music but I kind of feel I don't know the, the experience felt cheapened by having met him mm-hmm. um and I actually never wore that shirt again because I felt not, not ashamed that I was wearing his signature, but I was kind of, I just, I don't know, I just didn't feel like wearing the shirt again because it was just such a weird feeling coming away from that meet and greet that he wasn't who I expected him to be or I wasn't sure who I expected him to be or maybe I, you know, maybe I fucked up and just was really awkward and weird and gave him a, you know, awkward situation to handle. So I guess that as an experience, but I mean, I, I want to fast forward because, you know, obviously Craig's a good friend of mine now. Actually, you know, we were out on tour with them last year and we, I was telling him this story, kind of having a laugh that, you know, <laughs> we were talking about, you know, fans and sing, like signings and meet and greets and stuff in the back lounge of their bus on one of, one of the shows. And I said to him, uh, you know, the last thing I ever got signed was actually by you and told him the story. And, um, and he actually went away and got merch now to dig out the old screen and actually had a one-off shirt of that design made for me and brought it out to a couple of shows later and just rocked up with it in his hands with his big grin on his face. And it was such a nice gesture mm-hmm. and, um, you know, such a cool thing. So Craig, you know, is definitely a really cool person. I don't want to take away from him by the story, but at least, you know, in the context of this conversation, um, it was, I guess, a, an early experience that kind of shaped the way that I view musicians and the way that I didn't idolize the individuals, but you know, looked up to the band musically. That is like a common theme in, in terms of just bringing those uh, superhero-like figures back down to mm. earth, as they say, never meet your your idols. And it, it's in mm. that that is because of the fact that you're putting this responsibility on them. You're putting so much of yourself into looking up to them to where it's like there's no way they're they're just people. There's no way that they can they can meet every single facet of what you want them to be. Yeah, exactly. And and that's that's really um, it's good. I mean, that, yeah, yeah. No, it, it's good that you that you see that and and you kind of like 
assume the role of not wanting to make anybody be in that position by just being yeah. you. And that and that's a good thing. I would say that in a way, kind of the you know the the modern environment, I suppose, for that kind of thing, um, you know, with paid meet and greets and even with signings at Warped and things like that, like in a way, because it's a, a commercial thing now, it's kind of sterilized the experience as well so that, you know, everyone puts on a smile, you know, says, hey, how you doing? And it's when it's an obli- when it's an obligation, if they're in a bad mood, then they've got to put on a smile and it becomes fake, you know? Right. Because, you know, not everyone's happy, like two is tough and people, you know, often aren't in a good mood when they have to go and do these obligated things. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, I guess it, it, you know I feel like it has kind of sterilized the experience for a lot of people. But that you know fans go away from like oh my god I just met him, and that almost glazes over the fact that there was no real interaction. Right. So it's yeah I don't know I guess that's where it plays into celebrity culture again. And in those kind of organic situations, mm. from my experience, fit so much better than like a paid meet and greet. I can't tell you from my experience what meet and greets I remember. Um, I remember briefly when I was younger, I was at an Alkaline Trio meet and greet, and that was really cool. But I don't remember the context of it because it was one of those things where it was like, you know, I was in the fan club. I paid to be there. It it wasn't like a you met them outside of like, I don't know, outside Mm. of that kind of controlled situation. Um, If you don't mind, I'll share a story. Um, The band Fun, it was on their first headlining tour ever. I, I, um, I, I made my I like dipped out of class early with my friend. We were in high school and I made him come down to to the show with me and was like, oh, don't worry, we'll be able to buy tickets at the door. I had a ticket. We got there. It was sold out. Well, I, I gave my friend my ticket because I was like, yo, I made you come all the way down here to, to go to this. So you just go on in. I'll just wait for you guys out here. This is like in Detroit, which is like not the best area because I'm from mm. Michigan. And mm-hmm. um, so is that the, was that the Crowfoot? Um, it was at the shelter in Detroit, Crowfoot's Pontiac. Okay. So this was like oh, actual, this is Detroit. Yeah, this is like. Detroit, Detroit. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like <laughs> sitting out there and some dude is just offering me pills. And like, it was, it was a weird situation, man. I was like, I was still in high school. So we've well, done those shows for sure. <laughs> so uh, Nate and Jack from fun end up walking up to me. They're like, what are you doing sitting out here, man? Like, this is like not a good thing. And me being like at the time, I'm like, holy shit, this is like Nate Roos and Jack Antonoff. Like, holy shit. Like. I'm like, well, you know, my friend's in there, and I gave him my ticket because it was sold out. Well, Jack, Jack's just like, yo, what's your name? And I said, Dan, and he's like, all right, give me like five minutes. He comes back out. He's like, you're on the guest list right now. And <laughs> and so he gave me that situation. You know, that's like an, an organic thing that I'll never forget that moment Yeah. because of the fact that it, it wasn't just meeting a band member, taking a selfie or, or anything like that. That was like a real moment where a band member went out of their way to, to do something great. And it's not that I look up to him as like a like a superhero whatever like that was him being a human and just being a good guy and that sticks to me personally more than again like those um just meeting greets or paying to to meet them or what or whatever it is um what do you think and i'm gonna go off my tangent now and go back to asking you stuff (laughs) what do you think um about like the state of women in music is right now in terms of like misogyny and everything like that. You hinted at like bands going up there and just singing disrespectful lyrics and everything. Um, are you kind of in like the, the movement towards the more quality towards women and more respect or are you kind of conflicted there and not really ready to discuss that? Um, look, uh, feminism is a dangerous subject on the internet at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> Um, just cause there's so many inflated opinions either way. And I think there's, you know, there is a middle ground that we are a long way short of culturally, but at the same time, the, um, you know, the feminist movement overall can be very overreaching to the point where it kind of, you know, makes a caricature of itself. But 
Um, you know, I, I think it's awesome to see how many women are involved in the industry and more so now because, um, I mean, you said about people being generally good guys in the last point. Um, and I think that the way that, you know, because the music scene has become so much tougher, I think, I think you're finding that good guys are actually getting a lot further or maybe that, you know, less good guys or girls, I suppose, um, are getting, you know, the good people are, it's almost a prerequisite now because you have so many opportunities where you can just screw your career so quickly. It's, I think, you know, it really does bring out the genuinely good people for the most part as, as the, you know, the, the are becoming more and more successful. And it's, you know, the whole rock star attitude where people go out and hook up with girls and, you know, that's what being a band's all about. That's kind of, you know, the sex, drugs and rock and roll is dying because of the social media and the internet because of how quickly, you know, rumors can spread. So yeah, I guess now that there's less pressure on, women to fill that role in the music scene. I think that there are a lot more women coming up professionally. Um, you know, it's, you know, you look at merch girls, you know, I'm saying we've met front of house, like sound technicians, we've seen, you know, um, tour managers, we've seen, you know, business managers, managers, label reps, um, media, like there's so many women in the industry, maybe not so much in the bands as yet, but it's definitely coming up and you see so many successful bands. I mean, you've got Paris, you've got Tonight Alive, you've got Echo Smith, you've got so many, so many others, and it's 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 easy to kind of you know glump, lump them all together. And all those sound like Paramore, but that's that's such a <laughs> that's a, it's such right. a short-sighted opinion because it's like saying that every band sounds like My Chemical Romance now. You know, mm-hmm. it's not like that. But it, and it's it's really encouraging to see so many women coming up. And I think that you know there's a big discussion and a blog post I have actually made previously regarding festivals and the number of women on it. The reality is, if for every band with girls in it you could name I could probably name 10 with just guys and I think that's just a reflection of where we're coming from culturally that we've still got a long way to go but and it's it's cool to see so many girls now picking up guitars or picking up a microphone or pick, you know picking up a pair of drumsticks and getting involved in something which should be absolutely encouraging um, but I think there is still you know because I mean for a long time people have sung about girlfriends or ex-girlfriends or girls that screwed them over and so I guess in a, in a way that kind of perpetuates this cultural idea that you know women are lesser or at least fulfill a role as a you know a sexual partner or you know something like that so yeah it's great to see so many bands blowing up so quickly that do have girls in there just purely for the sake of just being a fucking good band it's not the fact that it's a girl singing it's not the fact that you know she's a sex object it's the fact that she's just a fucking good singer and a fucking good writer or you know instrument or or musician for whatever instrument she may play of course right I recently spoke with Buddy from Census Fail about um, we we had a long conversation on a on a previous podcast and it was just I mean he he hinted at all these these topics and and went into depth about them even about um, like music without a cause almost mm. and he thinks that the issue with younger generation or this new generation is that we don't like you don't have anything that you stand for necessarily yeah. Um, when I'm talking to you, I see this this like rare exception of almost like you have your morals and and you're very level-headed and and you have it set in place and you know what you stand for and you know what you're about. And so you're going up there and you're doing this for a purpose. And what Buddy was getting at is that that goes so much further than just going out there for for the fame, the money, the whatever. You have an actual, like, I mean, you have all of these ideas and you get them out there and you don't stray away from it and you don't Mm. just kind of like beat around the bush with it. So that's a really 
good quality to have, I guess, is what I'm saying in, in, a, in a way of just kissing your ass or whatever. But, <laughs> you know, it, it, it really is good. And, and, and you know, with that, I, I wish you the most success in the world because Thank you. It, it's it's not as common as you would hope that it would be to have a voice and to have these opinions that, you know, even if your opinion wasn't the best one, as long as you're fucking getting it out there and saying it. You know, yeah. at least stand for something. Look, uh, I know that as the sounds like houses, we never tried to be a political band. I mean, our lyrics, you know, and I don't think that music necessarily needs a cause to exist. It doesn't need it necessarily need a purpose. There's plenty of good music out there that's just for the fun of listening to good music. You know, um, for me, metal, you know, metal very much fills that purpose for me. It's music that I just enjoy listening to. I don't really care about the lyrics or the cause or the message. Um, but yeah, I think you know we've we've really set out to just be a band that's expressing ourselves and i mean for me i'm a, i guess a pretty serious objective person i like to you know keep i guess uh not a back seat but just uh, i like to keep flat-footed on you know while i'm moving anywhere just so that i'm able to you know reevaluate and discuss and you know challenge within myself what what i actually believe or what i actually feel about something so you know our band is just you know us expressing ourselves you know who i am is reflected in my vocals and my lyrics and that's why i'm always trying to i uh, try really hard to be i guess exploratory rather than preachy if that makes a sense so you know i try not to say we should rather than just we are you know as a i guess a simple distinction is just you know I, I try to say that i am and we are i mean that's what a big part of that song i am that we put out this year was is the saying that i am not i should or Right. You know, we are not we should. And I think that's always been a, a clear distinction I've tried to make with the lyrics. So, you know, at the end of the day, like people are going to take what they want out of it. And, you know, that's, I guess, one of my responsibilities as a lyric writer is to write stuff that is specific enough to express what I'm trying to do. But also, um, I guess, you know, express, expressive enough that it's still just me putting myself out there mm-hmm. to, you know, to express myself and to write good music that we enjoy listening to, you know. Who did you look up to when you're younger in in terms of songwriting? Because you are very lyric centric, and and I think that you take great pride in what you write, and rightfully so. Um, who'd you look up to? Um, Under Oath were a big thing. Um, you know, Norma Jean. Um, I was very much a tooth and nail kid. I grew up in the church, and it's you know it's a part of my life that's behind me. But um, I was you know a lot of those tooth and nail and solid state bands were you know big for me, and I still listen to them and think, hell yeah, this is a great album. Um, but you know, um, me without you has been probably one of my biggest lyrical influences just because of the sheer amount of just metaphor and self-reflection. And I, you know, I guess I, I do never, I do find tend to gravitate towards, I guess, a, li- a bit more of a melancholy view of the world because, you know, I mean, it is a pretty fucked up place if you really mm-hmm. think about it. Um, but maybe that, maybe that's what it is about our stuff that actually resounds with people because, you know, we are a very disillusioned generation because, you know, uh, I guess our parents and grandparents uh, grew up within this generation, after, you know, after World War II, the baby boomers, they call them, um, where, the, you know, they actually, I guess their formative years as adults was during the 80s and 90s when there was just a general world economic boom. So everyone was able to have a comfortable existence. They were able to have a big house, a big family you know, a successful marriage, which, you know, obviously is becoming less of a thing now, especially with that same generation. But um, they've they've had a brief window of opportunity within history to be successful and comfortable as the, the norm. It created the middle class. The middle class generally doesn't hasn't existed historically up until the last 100 years. And even then, it's only really the last 50 where it really flourished. And we've been given all those expectations as a generation 
Um, and so I think that, you know, young people are very disillusioned from 15 to probably 30, 35, I'd say. I, I mean, we talk about millennials as being born between 81 and 97. Um, and as young people, we are very disillusioned because we've been dumped with all these expectations to be able to fulfill the same sense of comfort and the same sense of happiness and contentment in, I guess, our material and, you know, our material existence and what we have and what we define as being successful in our life. So because those opportunities aren't there, because those jobs aren't there, because those careers and like careers aren't there that previous generations have had, we're quite disillusioned because we're not really quite sure what we're meant to be doing with ourselves. And, you know, even, even me beyond the band, like I've got ideas for what I want to do, but I don't actually know yet whether or not I'll be able to survive on those, you know, on those ideas. So, you know, post band does scare me because uh, you know, there isn't a clear-cut career path for me. The, the music industry isn't burgeoning. It's, you know, it's still a place where you can make a name for yourself and create a career. But at the same time, it's still, you know, it's not growing. It's shrinking. And so, be, being able to find a place to for yourself in there is quite a challenge. So, you know, I, I wouldn't say that I have a clear idea of where I'm going or what I'm doing. And I think that's very reflective of our generation. You know, our, ourselves at this sort of age, like you know, late twenties. Um, and I think that's probably why it resounds with these people that are 15 to 24 that make up the majority of our fan base in this, you know, this little warp to a bubble that we live in, um, where, yeah, I guess, you know, we are quite disillusioned. I think that's why a lot of positivity does resound because we're looking for affirmation that we are actually worth something, even though we may, we may not actually meet those expectations that we are culturally dumped with by the people that are in power that are from that generation that did have you know, such a lucky chance to be able to actually be born and exist and grow up within that time period where comfort was the norm and a career and a, you know, certainty and um, security was a big thing. Well, well said. I mean, everything that everything that you kind of express, you, you, it, it seems like you, you have a great grasp on things. And I try to. I'm challenging it all the time and I probably say the wrong thing from time to time. But, you know, I'm thinking about it and I, th I think that is probably the difference between having made up my mind and just at least having a way of communicating how where I'm at right now. Mm -hmm. Well, since you're in the studio right now, I figure we got to end this. Uh, how's the album come along? Anything that you want to, you know, get out about that? Yeah, for sure. I mean, well, this is uh, our third album where it's been a hell of a process to get it together. We've been pretty much touring constantly for the last 12 months. So um, very, very difficult to find time to write because touring is a very routine difficult like circumstance to actually write an album in so we've kind of we came in here in may um sorry in april i should say this year to ideally get the whole album done but as we kind of were getting to the last couple of weeks we're like well this isn't feeling polished so we you know we've taken the time off to you know i guess focus some ideas write a few extra songs in tiny little pockets of downtime we had you know do a few sessions with a couple of different producers and writers to kind of help focus our ideas and get things together and coming back in here i mean you know that this album very nearly broke the band which is a pretty scary thing to think about but it honestly pushed us all to a point where we're like do we even want to do this anymore but now that we're here with you know we've got uh what is it uh nine days left in the studio um i'm finishing up the lyrics on the last song we've recorded everything except for that one song uh, vocals and you know james is, uh james wisner who did unimagine is plugging away in the other room right now if you can hear background noise it's him messing around with keys and guitar tones so you know we've we've got it all tracked and it's feeling it's, it's such a good sense of fulfillment to know that you know taking the extra time to really deliver something that was worthwhile for for ourselves and also for our audience that has pretty high expectations on us 
um, you know, we're really stoked that it's almost there and um, it feels so good and affirming that we have actually made the right call in coming back to finish it off and spend the extra money on getting the thing finished. I'm, I'm sure everybody's looking forward to it. I know I am. Uh, I saw you guys at Warped Tour. You killed it. And, Thanks, uh, man. You know, uh, yeah, it was uh, yeah, really great talking to you. Uh, I appreciate it. I, I, I really appreciate your perspective on things and, and just... Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I think that you while you may not strive to be it, I think that more people should look up to you because you're very level headed or, or just yeah. look up to the idea of being level headed and just think. Don't yeah, s- cool. never stop thinking. Um, <laughs> is there anything that you want to add or, or anything that you want to? Yeah, I just, you know, I just I'd probably say to anyone, you know, listening along today that at the end of the day, don't take my word for half of what I'm saying here. Actually, you know, challenge yourself. Look out there. Give, I'd rather start a discussion than give people something to agree with or disagree with. Like, you know, discuss it. Challenge yourself. Look at what you, like, you know, consider and try and understand who you are and how that relates to the people in the world around you because that makes such a difference in being able to respect that we all come from different perspectives. We all come from different walks of life. We all come from different cultural expectations. And sometimes we're not even aware of them because it's just you know, we take in so much, we're such incredible beings in terms of what we can actually comprehend and what we can achieve. So, you know, like I said, if you're listening to this and you you agree with what I'm saying, or if you disagree, like regardless of how you feel about what I've said, please take it on for yourself and actually, you know, get out there, take on different opinions and think, well, if they believe this and I believe that, well, then what's, you know, what's the common truth and what, you know, how do I relate to it? Rather, rather than necessarily saying, oh, Trenton's got this amazing thing to say at the end of the day I don't really care what what you think of what I say other than the fact that it actually gets you thinking so challenge yourself you know get out there it's a it's a wide world travel meet as many people as you can talk to people and try and take on what everything you can because I think it'll give you a better perspective of where you're at thank you again no worries appreciate it Dan thank you so thank you for listening to that interview I hope that you enjoyed it again thank you Trenton for sitting down and giving us an opportunity to speak with you. Uh, Go out there and think for yourself. That's what he wants you to get out of this. Um, I think that his perspective is very important, though, and I think that he's a very wise individual. And uh, he definitely has made me think after that interview. J-Webb, you thinking? I'm thinking. Yeah. I'm always thinking. I'm always open to hear good people talk good stuff about not so good things. (laughs) Yeah. So if you want to listen to more Puff Fresh podcasts, uh, we have a ton of them. Uh, they're gonna be found where, J-Web? Uh, you can find them on YouTube. What's the link? YouTube.com slash PopFresh. Who would have thought? Right, weird. Yeah. Uh, you can find them on SoundCloud. That's true. That <laughs> tickles your fancy. That does not tickle anybody's fancy. But. What? Since we put them on SoundCloud, they're also on iTunes. They're on iTunes. That's where oh, they are. Oh my goodness. Guess what? If you have iTunes, you just fucking type in PopFresh Podcast. Boom, that'll be in your face. You can see what you could listen to interviews that we've done with artists such as J-Webb. Katie Groves. That's true. <laughs> Buddy from Census Fail, a yep. very important podcast that uh-huh. a lot of people need to go back and spend an hour and a half listening to. Swear to you, it's amazing. Uh, who else is there, J-Webb? Uh, John from the Main. That's a big one. John from the Main. Better than John from the Puff Fresh podcast. Yep. Uh, Patty from As It Is, who was uh, shouted out during this last interview. Uh, there's also a ton of people out there that we've talked to. And if you like podcasts and listening to a couple of jabronis talk about music and one jabroni talking to a band that you like, then maybe the Puff Fresh podcast is for you. 
J-Web. Yeah. You got anything for us, bud? I got nothing. All right, follow J-Web on Twitter, at J-Web Music. Yeah, for problematic tweets and yeah. sass and me being an asshole. Yeah. So. Getting drunk and popping off it. Yeah. The world. You know what? It happens. You know what happens? Fucking take your in hotel with 10 people yeah, and thinking you're a good dude. Yeah. Yeah, we gotta scrap that. No, we don't. <laughs> follow J-Web on Twitter at J-Web Music. Follow me on Twitter at Yo Decox. Follow Puffresh on Twitter at Puffresh. And follow your dreams on Twitter at your dreams. Thank you for listening. Y'all have a day. It's the Puff Fresh Podcast. Puff Fresh Podcast. Puff Fresh Podcast.